Let's do this together. Five, four. You okay. with me? Three. Three. And now, coming to you live, but not really live, from Gut Check World Headquarters in the capital city of a boxing glove-shaped state, and Gut Check South Command, deep in the belly button above the buckle of the Bible Belt, it's the Gut Check Podcast, with your hosts, Ted Pluck and Zach Bartles. Chew. Hey, welcome to the Gut Check Podcast. <laughs> I am Ted Cluck, joined as always by my friend from work. Zachary Bartles. I was expecting two and one. I don't yeah, know why. No. I thought we'd do it no, together. No, I, I, I thought in C. I feel like you're always silent on two one. You know, I feel like yeah, that's the thing. Usually, yeah, yeah, five four three, and then there's a like an it. Zach, it's like an implied two and one. You know, it's like a, <laughs> it's from it's Wayne's like World. a two and one that I believe in, but I can't see it. You know what I mean? <laughs> I feel like it strengthens my faith to go through that process each time. But um, nevertheless, I am here in studio. Actually, not in studio. We're we're joined by the. The miracle of Skype, really. Miracle, uh, yeah. yeah. The miracle of Skype with my my coworker Zach Bartles, and um, you know he's a he's a friend from work, with whom <laughs> I have some overlap in my real life. <laughs> you know, I like that we we've started hanging out outside of work too. You know? <laughs> we have, yeah, yeah. Like about a decade ago, we started hanging out outside of work, and it was really fun. Um, I, I think we should I do more like- of that. Yeah, I feel like we really got to know each other, getting out, you know, loosening the tie, getting out of the context of like the, right, the cubicle, cubicle walls. Yeah, the cubicles, the office, like water HR cooler wasn't banter. listening to everything we said. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. It's it's so much easier to be friends outside of work. But <laughs> Because know, really, at the end of the day, office politics really was threatening to, to bomb was, our was, relationship. Dude, it was, it was ripping us apart is what it was doing. So... <laughs> I think just all, all the easier to, to do away with the office politics completely and 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 just start fresh here. But uh, baby, it is good to be uh, it's good to be back in studio. It's good to be uh, back at work with you because in addition to being <laughs> you know kind of work friends from the cubicle environment, we also own um, a huge global media company called Gutcheck. And uh, Gutcheck does books. Gutcheck does this podcast. And now Zach Gutcheck is in the apparel business. Oh. So, I've heard, I, I know that you've been, you've been out there kind of being the eyes and ears of the company and being the front man, as it were. Being kind of the uh, muscle, too. At kind of being point. the muscle, kind of being the, the, the intimidating force of the company. And The uh, awkward part, Ted, was that uh, Jeff from Missional Wear yeah. was, was bigger than me. Um, oh, wow. He was really I mean, nice looking, and I didn't yeah. think that anything was going to go down, but yeah. like... He was he was definitely not physically intimidated by me. He had like mm, uh, mm. He, he, had, he had a special like uh, <laughs> muscular guy cut missional wear t shirt made for him. You could tell. Oh, he did. Yeah, it was, it was tight around the biceps. Yeah, and uh, yeah. So, dude, now what? Eh. What I want to I want to push you on that a little bit. Like, what what manner of good looking was he? What are we What are we looking at here? Because I envision a guy named Jeff looking good in a in a really fratty sort of way, like short, close cropped hair, kind of a tan. Kind of like buff, but like like he only does biceps and triceps. Um, what, what kind of good looking are we looking at here, vis-a-vis Jeff? He, he wasn't really frat boy good looking. He was like, yeah. like I could see him playing golf at a high end country club, mm. mm-hmm. and but then like foregoing the the nineteenth hole and heading to like an Applebee's to meet somebody because he's down to earth. That kind of deal. oh, I no. see. Interesting. What what sport do you assume that he played in high school? Tennis, and he was the best there was. He was the he was the best. He was number one men's tennis. 
And everybody um, at the other schools was like, why is this, if this guy just plays tennis, why is he so cut? You know, yeah. and, and that was kind of his secret, I guess. And everybody at his own school was like, why doesn't he play more sports? Like, why is it just tennis? Like, we could use him as a flanker right. on the football team or whatever, but yeah, but interesting. He, he wouldn't talk about why. Yeah, yeah. Why, though, do you think? In, uh, in this it's, it's created scenario yeah. that we've made for this person who we barely know, why? <laughs> I think the thing is... Uh, he the, the tennis coach was sort of a surrogate father for him. Mm. Uh, freshman year, he died in mm. the locker room before a match, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. Uh, he really feels like even in the off season, what he needs to be doing is working on tennis related skills things. and strength training. Yeah, because that's the only really validation he ever got that he valued. Um, gosh, baby, you know what? It's almost like you and I should be writing novels. <laughs> um, which is a thing that I'm going to get to later in the program because we've got a full episode. Um, we got a little bit off topic, but I want to get back to this aspect of global, um, the fashion industry that we're in now. Um, you know, we're basically, uh, th- th- this world of fashion, Zach, I mean, I don't have to tell you, it's so fraught with uh, pitfalls and temptations and just vanity, mm. just the temptation mm. to vanity. And, yeah. um, and Jeff's I, not helping that, you know? No, he's not. He's not helping that Covetousness. At all. Covetousness yeah. vis-a-vis other people's pages on missional wear. But I'm happy to break some news here on the program. Um, I'm happy to report that after a lot of back and forth, a lot of negotiation with Jeff, um, <laughs> we we now have our own page. Uh, we have we a do. De- it, it we is have a dedicated page. Chock full. Chock full of products. And I would like you to help me navigate to that page, Zach. So how do I get there? Well, you just go to missionalware. That's w e a r dot com slash. That's just it. Just go there. Okay. Yep. And go then ahead. hover over collabs. Mm, collabs. I like. I like the. I like the abbrev. I like that oh, he's going there. Oh, interesting. He's. It's like we've. There it is. Happy Rant. Um, Gut Check Podcast. Now these go to eleven has two pages. Yeah, I uh, noticed that. So, so I don't know. We did something really to ingratiate ourselves. Is that to some? Him, is I that guess. some other like? negotiating that you did on on behalf of your other project but let's uh let's talk about the project that matters let's talk about the gut check podcast and uh i'm i'm navigating to that page now Ooh, isn't it nice isn't it isn't it overwhelming gosh it's overwhelming i wow where to begin i mean i i love having our own page um let's just start there let's start with those emotions strictly Uh, speaking that's what i asked him for <laughs> so strictly, strictly speaking, in the in the in the most literal sense of what you asked him for, he did deliver. Yes, um, he he delivered exactly what it was that. No that more, we, no less. No more, no less. So we asked for our own page, and now we have that. And, and Zach, I'm going to cut right to the chase of why it is that we're we're laughing knowingly, and. <laughs> The reason that we're laughing is that there's only one thing on our page. It's chock full of product. It's chock full of product. <laughs> and by that we mean the one, the one product. Yeah. Um, the one product, it's a, it's a t-shirt that says Gut Check Army T. Um, it has a handsome uh, Peter Voth logo on it, I assume, that, that he crafted, which I think is really great. Um, I own this t-shirt. so I own I'm, that t-shirt too. I'm, 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 I'm glad we're both owners of the, of the t-shirt that that our company created in, in a sense um, in conjunction with Jeff's company to be fair. But um, yeah, this is exciting, Zach. And uh, I, I own the t-shirt. I enjoy the t-shirt. Um, it retails for a scant twenty four ninety five. So 
Um, if you have that laying around, I would highly encourage uh, running to missionalware.com, hovering over collabs, and going to I, what I feel is just a really easy page to navigate. Um, are you with me in that? I feel like it's yeah. clean. I feel like it's what I love about it is it, there's not a bunch of confusing things. There's to no click clutter. On. You know, there's no clutter. There's just the one thing. You know, uh, very navigable. Gosh darn it! It's clear. It's it's clean. It's brown. And Gosh darn it! Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> you know, I, I I like that that there's an emphasis on a shirt. Mm-hmm. I don't know if I really should say that twenty four ninety five seems a little that, that t- tad bit steep for a t shirt. I don't you know. You know what? Yeah, yeah. You know what? Who who are we to to <laughs> split hairs? I mean, Zach. The thing is, you and I are new to the fashion industry. Right. Okay? We we, what do we know? Zach, I haven't been to the runway shows and 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 fashion week in Paris and and Milan. I mean, this is all like Jeff has. I mean, been around the world with that stuff. He's He's been through all the battles in this industry. And, Didn't he uh, have a uh, walk-on cameo on The Devil Wears Prada? He, he did. He figured prominently in The Devil Wears Prada, and I'm glad you mentioned that because I wouldn't want, um, I wouldn't want he or his family to feel dishonored by us failing to mention that. So uh, <laughs> we're, both, we're both huge fans of that movie. <laughs> huge fans of Mission Aware. Huge fans of all the white space on our page. <laughs> Just very clean from a design standpoint. Clean you know, lines. Clean lines, Zach. I'm looking at this as a designer would. You know, I'm putting my design glasses on right now, and I'm saying to myself, I love how easy this is on the eye because I don't know about you, but my my eye is drawn. My eyes drawn right to that doggone shirt in the middle. <laughs> Where you know? else are they gonna go? It's like. I'm trying to look at other things, and I'm not. I'm. I'm. I'm I keep. You're getting, not finding them. Yeah, it's like I'm. A, I'm like a moth to a flame with this shirt right in the middle of the page. So, so Jeff and the and the guys at Missional Wear, well done. Um, I I think it's safe to say I'm not only enjoying the shirt, I'm enjoying the website. You know, it's just a. It's an experience. So now, end of the day, that website <laughs> is stinking amazing. Yeah. Um, and what I think now, I don't want to. I don't want to step on anyone's toes creatively, artistically. Mm. No. And I don't want to presume as okay? fashion industry rookies that we are. I don't. Yeah, I don't obviously. know. Let me just say, from a lay person's point of view, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. if you click on some of those other collabs, you'll find that they take the same graphic sometimes and put it on different products. Mm. Or, mm. in the occasion that uh, Peter Voth put together a veritable cornucopia, mm-hmm. straight up copes, cornucopes, cornucopes. of. Uh, yeah. Of graphics, uh-huh. all of which are awesome. Sometimes multiple graphics are on different products on the same page. Now, and and uh-huh. it looks it looks different, but not necessarily better or worse. Yeah, yeah. You know, I I, I agree. And and Zach, I have to be honest with you. I navigated over to uh, another collab page. Um, this happens to be a podcast that I'm also uh, a part of, and I'm seeing. Have you seen this? There's a nope. large, a large. It's so busy. I like. I my eye ah, just doesn't yeah. know where to go. It's so busy, and it's and it's compared to our page, it's just kind of a mess. Dude, um, man, man, dude, dude. Ah, man. <laughs> dude, I can't even it deal with a, this. It gets in the way of my headspace as I'm trying to re-enter. Mm, um, yes, yeah. You know, after a, a yeah, a, reframe a it. Time off. You know, yeah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> now, if if you click on collabs there. Mm-hmm. 
if you if you let these go to eleven, count twice because there's two of them. Uh huh. What percentage of of the collabs do do you and I together kind of have a hand on? Oh man, I mean that that boggles the mind, doesn't it? I mean, more than half, right? More than half. Like, let me let me <laughs> yeah, hang on. Let me do the math here. Yeah, more than half. <laughs> I got the same thing. I got by the way. <laughs> wait, wait, wait. Let's compare our math. Okay, we both got the same thing. I tell you, I um. I just appreciate the the clean lines on our page. You know, I, I can't even, I don't even know where to look on this this happy rant deal. And there's a picture of Piper on it, so they like they used a blurb from Piper on for uh, his own products for his own products on the happy rant page. It's okay, Piper, oh, that makes sense. That makes sense. Yeah, it's it's Piper talking about how he loves the products, and yeah. there's a typo in his blurb. Um, I don't want to dwell on that. Sloppy. I think they should have asked you because literally when I was at your house, like. Uh-huh. 83% of the, the the things like appointing your house were Happy Rant related. Yeah, I've decorated my house. and The sheets on the bed you had us yeah. sleeping on were Happy Rant. The cats were Happy Rant cats. <laughs> yeah, I've, I have two Happy Rant cats. Steve and, and Penny are, uh, are Happy Rant cats. Uh, I think Steve adores like, me, by the way. Dude, Steve does. He does. He's Yeah, he's told me. So, um, yeah, a lot of Happy Rant gear. Only, only Happy Rant silk sheets for KK and... I don't know. It's weird. It's like she wants to remind herself that she's she's with a media tycoon. You know? Do you get that in your home? I mean, is that, is I that do. been part of I your do. experience? Yeah. yeah. I mean, and I look forward weird. to the day when we can have like Egyptian cotton gut check sheets. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Like like four billion thread count. You know, gut check <laughs> sheets. It's just amazing. Not that we ha- haven't dwelled on this long enough or anything, but but do you mind if I tell you a funny little story from I don't my mind. Uh, Baby, my trip? Is- to Chicago's. This is our program. You can do absolutely whatever you want on it. So, um, yeah, lay it on me. Lay a, lay a witty anecdote on me. So on the way, I had a, a flight back from Chicago to Lansing, Michigan, which was an hour and one minute or something, right? Short hop. Yeah. Whole time I'm sitting next to my boy Alexander. Alex, call the mm-hmm. police. Yeah. Um, we're we're talking about shekels mm-hmm. and how he's surpassed his uh, expectations and this sort of thing in, in in certain ways. But we get on this rocky tangent. Yeah. Of course. And we go on, you know how sometimes you and I talk, and we get into weird details of things, mm-hmm. and we sort of think to ourselves, it's a good thing nobody is recording this. Yeah. Not because we're being yeah. filthy, or just just because we're being no, stupid, gosh, we're no. being meatheads. Yeah. yeah. And and, uh, <laughs> and we were talking <laughs> about, uh, you know, what we were doing is we were having kind of a, we got into this very nerdy, like, fake theological discussion about the doctrine of the fall vis-a-vis the way that <laughs> Adrian looks as we go through the Rocky movies. Oh, I'm with um, you 100%. Yeah. Which I don't want to upset her famous son or, or you yeah. know, draw anyone's ire or make anyone feel bad. Mm-hmm. It's just that, uh, I mean, much, nobody aged well in those movies, honestly. Much like Jeff and, and Missional Wear. I mean, it, I, I wouldn't want she or her family to hear this and take it in the wrong <laughs> way. Yeah. But uh, we get about a minute away from starting The Descent. Mm-hmm. And I blank completely, mm-hmm. and I say to to Alex, I'm like, oh, for crying out loud, I can't remember the most obvious thing. What was uh, what was what, his brother-in-law's name? I'm Adrian's uh-huh. brother. Yeah. And the guy in the seat behind me goes, Polly. Oh. And we realize that this guy's been He's sitting been listening quietly listening to every word. Oh, I um, yeah, and we and we, we both kind of like gave each other the side eye, and we were both mm-hmm. thinking like mm-hmm. we, I, we could tell the other person was going yeah. back through every word, every jot and tittle of that conversation. Yeah, uh, because we were all much. landing in our hometown, mm-hmm. 
where we live. Yeah, yeah. Oh, that's great. You'll probably see that guy around town a whole bunch. I do. I've seen him like nine times now, yeah. Yeah, you know, wouldn't you know it. <laughs> Ted, speaking of funny stories, the last time we recorded, uh-huh. you said uh, that you were going to tell me a really funny story off air mm. during the app. During my app, uh, when I interviewed you for, for, for the Clinch podcast. Yeah. And and then uh, we got off, we stopped recording, and I was like, what's the funny story? And you're like, ah, oh, gosh, man, I'm going to have to tell you another time because uh, i got to run. Judas, dude, I don't remember. What was it? Do you remember it involved, like what it was regarding? Well, I'll have to bleep this out probably, but it regarded somebody and an interaction you had. Oh. Baby, I can't for the life of me remember, and I'm not just being coy, and I'm not being like self-protective, but I, I can't, like I literally can't remember who that would be or what it would be regarding. Dang that it. sucks, man. It really does. I, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to send you an email with that, that little clip of uh, yeah, what dude. prompted you to say that. Yeah. And it, and it might jog your memory. It might. No, I hope it does because this is really, yeah, it's confusing to me right now. But, uh, baby, when I was at another event, so we've, we've both, you know, hit the conference circuit a little bit hard here lately. Not like Ronnie Martin hard, but... Um, <laughs> But I hit the conference circuit. I mean, I went to my one other podcast live event, and you went to a conference in Chicago. And um, while I was at this live event, uh, I had a gentleman, I had a young man come up, gifts in hand, hat in hand, as it were. Um, and he brought me a, a drink, an energy drink to review on the program. And he allegedly mailed you a version of the same drink. Now... What's he difficult. told me so in an email, yeah. Yeah, what's difficult about the two stories, and what I'm having a hard time reconciling, Zach, <laughs> is, is the fact that uh, I have my drink, and yeah. and you don't. Well, um, and, and I went special on a, yeah. on a trip, special, up to the post special, office. Special. <laughs> to, I did it special. Uh, to retrieve that, and I had like seven pieces of junk mail in my uh-huh. post office box and nothing else. That was the first time that there was nothing fun waiting for me uh-huh. in my post office box since I opened it. Baby, that's uh, hard. So yeah. yeah, it hurts. It it hurts really bad. It hurts really really bad. And, and I think I had mentioned on uh, on these go to eleven at one point um, that there's been times and I and I, and I said this in in, in loving fun mm-hmm. describing a quirk, mm-hmm. uh, a lovable quirk, not mm-hmm. not grousing. That yeah. there's been times when when we've been sent drinks yeah. and you've just been like I'm thirsty and you've drank the drinks. Yeah, yeah. And I'll be like, let's do the drink, and you're like, ah, oh, I drank the drink. So yeah. so he heard that. Yeah. And so he, he emails me. He's like, hey, I sent two. I gave two to Ted, mm-hmm. so that even if he drinks one of them, he has another one. You know, he, he didn't. Swore. He didn't. He gave me two two energy drinks, but one of them was just like a standard monster. Oh, and okay. He gave me the instructions. He's like, you can drink this one tomorrow if you get thirsty. But then he's like, this special one. I want you guys to review it on the air because one of them was just like a standard like green monster or whatever. So that was for if you got thirsty, and the other one was for. Reviewing. And the other one was for professional reasons. Yeah, like radio purposes. Now, granted, um, I have the smallest possible uh, post office box, and mm-hmm. no packages fit in it, so there's always just a little slip. Yeah. So maybe I waited too long, but if that's the case, they like sent the package back to the guy, then went mm. into my post office box and retrieved the slip. Mm. I don't think they'd do that. I, I, don't I think, think maybe. I think maybe, maybe he can get around to it. it. Maybe yeah. he can get around to it. But well, I'd I'd like to hear your review of this drink. Yeah, man, and I I, I wish you could make see me experience this. it. I will make you experience it because the can, Zach. I, I tell you, this, this really is the design episode of the Gut Check Podcast because you and I are. <laughs> We're visual people, we're artists, we're designers, and, and... This is can fashion, if you will. This is can fashion. It's also design, though, because this can, Zach, is the busiest thing I've ever seen in my life. It's a mess. 
Okay. <laughs> so this is called Juice Monster. And the, the flavor, I assume the flavor, there's so many words and so many images on this thing, I can't even tell what I'm looking at. But I assume the flavor is Mango Loco. All right. Um, so we're looking at a little Mango Loco situation. And it appears to be um, done in the fashion of like, What's what's that um, what's that holiday that they they celebrate in like Mexico like the Day of the Dead or whatever is that a thing? Yeah. Um, it 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 appears to be decorated in that vein because what I'm looking at are lots of like dancing skeletons. Okay. In like big skirts and <laughs> like floral print skirts and even the skeletons have like. Um, like like tops, like modest tops, where like the, the the boobs of the skeleton would be. So, are you with me? I mean, visually, can you? Are you? Are you? You know, I can see everything perfectly. Yeah, <laughs> you can see. I everything. see too much. Actually. You see too much, and I see too much, and I'm 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 confused by the whole thing. So that's what I'm looking at. It's blue. The whole backdrop is blue. So you got skeletons. You got floral print. You know, situations happening, and. Um, and that's the situation vis-a-vis the monster. And then there's a um, there there's a thing where the copy goes, but the copy is is written as though it's on a scroll. So they're like, "Oh, we're gonna." Well, cla- you know, the the Day of the Dead. It's it's you know very scroll oriented kind of archaeological a, Middle East. Yeah, it's a scroll. Know. It's a scroll related holiday. You know, <laughs> um, it's very scroll heavy. It's scroll centric. So we're mixing and matching a lot of weird kind of mm-hmm. brands of imagery, yeah. Yeah. So this is a juice monster. It's an it's energy plus juice, and the way that they've written plus is a heart, Zach, with uh-huh. the plus sign and a dagger through the heart. Um, so that's that's how intense this is, and I'm just gonna lay some of this copy on you, okay? But wait a minute, it's mm-hmm. it's actually you're telling me that it's juice. It's juice. it's juice. It seems like the least hardcore kind of energy drink you could have. It's like mm-hmm. like when someone's like, oh, yeah, I drink a lot of alcohol. I love alcohol. And you're like, what do you drink? And I'm like, peppermint schnapps. Yeah, Okay, right. no, you don't really. like, <laughs> or, or someone who's got like two-thirds of the cup as creamer, and then they yeah. put a little coffee in. Yeah. This seems like that, like the, the energy version of that, and yet it's pr- posing and kind of positioning itself as it like deathly and hardcore yeah, it's positioning itself in a certain way, and I'm not sure I appreciate that, honestly. <laughs> let's, um, hear the, let's hear the words they use. Yeah, well, and I can tell you this. Let's just get this out in the open because it's the elephant in the room. Uh, it's only 16% juice. So oh, gosh. They're really filthy liars when they say that it's juice because it's not. <laughs> I mean, that's like saying that's like saying our T-shirt fills 16% of the, the, the page on Missionalware. And the rest is white space, which actually would be closer to the truth. Uh, <laughs> all right, let me lay this copy on you. On the eve of October 31st, each year, <laughs> friends and family gather to celebrate Dia de los Muertos. Marigolds, mysticism, and memories combined with food and drink entice the souls of the departed to join the party. It's like a little history <laughs> lesson here. Ted, can I just break in real quick and say, hearing you read Spanish... There's yeah. something just wonderful about it. I don't know what mm. it is. It's a beautiful I, language. Is I like what the it way is. you enunciate it. You know, you mm. make no attempt at like the annoying like white guy doing the accent. You just no. you just you take it by the hand and you yep. you I take it and I gently I I I lead it. It's like the it's like the Spanish is a 
a toddler and I'm helping it cross the street. You know, or the or the Spanish is like a skeleton in kind of a modest skirt and top. <laughs> exactly, and I'm 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 both <laughs> applauding its modesty while also like gently guiding it along because it is a skeleton. You know, <laughs> I'm equal parts applauding its modesty and and <laughs> being implored to 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 seek out more of it because that's what this can does. That's the uh, right way to drink that, by the way. It's the right way to drink it. So next paragraph. Mango Loco is a heavenly blend of exotic juices. Yeah, real exotic. 16% exotic juices is what we're looking at. (laughs) A heavenly blend of exotic juices certain to attract even the most stubborn spirit. So am I to to ascertain that by drinking this, I'll be conjuring like certain spirits, certain like ephemeral, you know, mystical things? Dude, there were literally people at the church I grew up in who would like freak out about like that copy. Mm Mm-hmm. Don't don't do that. You're mm-hmm. opening yourself up to dark forces. Mm. And that lady who thought monster was like satanic to begin with. Mm-hmm. Yeah, she's gonna have a field day with this. I hope she's I still listening. I don't know if you should drink that. Mm. Wow. You know, you've really you've given me a lot to think about here. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I I think Zach and you know you're the man of the cloth, so I'll defer to you. Um, I feel like. Short of opening myself up to the spirit realm, I'll most definitely be opening myself up to a really crappy drink. Um, uh, I say go for it. You know yeah, what? You know I mean, what? Let's let's live a little bit. So the last paragraph is crazy good taste with just enough of that monster magic to keep the party going for days. Ah, uh, the monster magic. Doggone it, I'm in. You know? I mean, you did it. You wore me down. Enough. Just shut up already with the coffee. <laughs> You wore me out. I'm doing it. Okay, this is the sound of me opening this can of Crazy Loco, Mango Loco energy drink in my studio. That's what it sounds like. Mmm. You, know you know what the nose is on this, Zach? Is it 16% juice? No, the nose is NOS energy drink. Have you ever had NOS? Oh. And Dude, I know you, you and have. I reviewed some NOS. Yeah, that's a rhetorical question. It was horrid. Yeah, you and I have drank. We we drank more than our fair share of NOS over the years. And you get uh, it at the uh, the uh, hardware store. Remember? Yeah, we, we yeah that's hardware appropriate uh, energy drink. So this is the no, nose wise. The bouquet I'm getting is NOS and a little bit of mango. A little bit of a mango on the on the nose. So I'm gonna take a drink. Mm. Yeah, it's it's. Gross, thick, like cloying <laughs> juice, and very little. Like it's it's low on carbonation is the interesting thing, Zach. That's that's a trend lately in energy drinks, and that's no good. Yeah. Oh yeah, that's the juice trend, I guess. The fizz will at least like distract you from the chemical aftertaste mm-hmm. and the burning in your mouth. Yeah, it's just a really thick, cloying, like gross juice taste is what I'm is what I'm getting. Mango With a little juice, hint. Though. Mango juice with a little hint of NOS. So, so the other eighty-four um, percent or whatever is NOS. Yeah, the other eighty-four percent. I think they partnered with NOS on the other eighty-four percent. It's a little, <laughs> it's a little cross-pollination, a little synergy, as we as we like to say in the business world, Zach. Um, yeah. So I don't know that there's much more to say about this, other than thank you to the gentleman who provided it to to me. You know. Um, and who, it, if it ever appears, Zach, I mean, we can, we, you, you can just enjoy that at your own leisure, you know. I don't know um, if I'll enjoy it, but. 
enjoy the 16% fruits of our of our labor as it were. <laughs> so um baby, do we have time to drop some fiction writing on these people? Dude, these let's people? let's do this. I I sent yeah. two chapters your way. One I wrote, one you wrote. Both are super short. Mhm. And we we, yeah, we we apologize this is a, a kind of truncated this is the abridged episode, yeah. episode, yeah, so. Yeah. Had some issues come up, but uh, Zach, I think chapter six here is called Scores Need Settling, and I think that's your chapter, so should I let you, uh, should I let you roll on that, or is that, is it yours, is it mine? That one's is mine, the next one is okay. one that you wrote. I mean, I like to think both of them are both of ours, you know, like. Well, yeah, of course, I don't have, like, It's an organic being, and, yeah. and, yeah, all right, here we go. It's an organic being. All right, let's do this. Chapter six, Scores Need Settling. Definitely no one has to be reminded where we left off uh, approximately three Dude, and a no half one, months ago. Definitely no one needs to be reminded that this is a, a follow-up to a, a satirical rapture novel that we wrote a long time ago. This is the, this is the sequel. So um, It's called Re-Raptured Again. Um, this is Chapter 6. Ironically, Alex Roth has become quite an athlete since losing the bottoms of his legs. Before the accident, I guess it's not strictly speaking an accident when you willfully throw yourself on a grenade, but whatever, he was something of a wad of Play-Doh with what one man called, quote, the res- requisite lit guy concave chest. You were you were that man, Ted. Spoiler. I, I was the man. Spoilers. You know, that's, that's what you get on this program. We peel back the curtain on certain things. In the past couple of years, though, Alex has done two wheelchair marathons and is captain of two wheelchair basketball leagues. He hits the gym several times a week. Turns out he's pretty coordinated now that he doesn't have to run, and his arms are getting pretty darn big. Ted Strongbow has even hinted that they might work out together at some point in the future, although Alex can never seem to pin him down on a time and place. The concave chest lit guy still lives inside this new muscled, footless physique, however, as evidenced by the Helen Vendler quote newly tattooed onto his biceps. It's about 2,000 words, meaning it comprises two large blocks of six-point font text, illegible from more than a few inches away. Kate hasn't seen the tats yet. In fact, due to the jacket-and-tie dress code at Pleasant Morning USA, she hasn't really gotten a look at his muscular pecs and arms. This is going to change today. He left work early after slipping, slipping an intern 50 bucks for Kate's address, took a cab over and parked himself on a bus stop bench across from the Swank high-rise building. Two minutes later, Duke Morrison came hustling out the front door, stuffing a huge stack of moleskin journals into his shoulder bag. Alex's heart had pounded at the sight of his arrival, the man who had swooped out of nowhere and stolen the affection of his beloved with those beefy hands of his. But Alex had pulled it together and managed to scoff at the big man from beneath the brim of his Nick's cap, How could Kate still be with this clown? The stupid jock probably couldn't even read, let alone have an intelligent conversation about lit... Oh, yeah. Alex sometimes forgets that Morrison is a world-renowned expert on Proust. Proust? Dang it. (laughs) Uh, Which was... Is it Proust? It's Proust. Proust. World-renowned expert on Proust, which was one of the less dramatic revelations of our day, but dramatic enough to land him on the cover of Academic Writing Magazine. Apparently, Morrison had been assigned a, quote, personal assistant in college who was supposed to do all his work and take all his tests for him, but who had instead awakened a love of literature, philosophy, and the craft of writing in the young football star. There's something there. The headline on the magazine cover had read, An Academic Out of the Locker Room Closet, which had confused most of Morrison's football contacts, none of whom read the article and had served to further alienate him from his old life. Alex bought a copy with the intention of taping the cover to a heavy bag or pinning it to a dartboard or something dramatic like that, but he's not really sure where it wound up in the move. 
Anyway, even with his newly beefed up upper body, he knows he could likely not last ten seconds against a monster like Morrison. There is, after all, a reason he's waiting until Duke is well out of sight before making his move. Wow, Alex, dude. Kind of a dirtbag. Sylvia Lavard sits at her desk just outside the office of Jerry B. Schofield, Vice President of Strategy for LaHaye Armaments LTD. She glances again at Mr. Schofield's date book. 4.30 p.m., Darren Groves, CIA. Dread comes bubbling up her esophagus. Her old boss from NORAD. The last time they spoke, she'd knocked him out cold with a palm heel strike. Now he's going to see her, disgraced and disavowed, bringing in bottles of water as a glorified secretary. She's been thinking of faking an illness and leaving before Darren arrives, but based on the feeling in her gut, she may not have to fake anything. No, she's in control. Sylvia's always in control. Even with situations like this cropping up, she realizes how lucky she is to have this job. After the whole R-Day fiasco, she narrowly avoided prison for basically turning the CIA into her own build-your-own-rapture kit by pleading insanity. (laughs) The fact that Darren had used the word insane 14 times in two minutes to describe her on the witness stand had helped with this. After six months in a psychiatric facility, she had, quote, graduated. Weirdly, they actually had a graduation ceremony with caps and gowns and everything. And returned to the general population, eager to resume her work in her field. But here's the thing. When you're fresh from the funny farm and your resume says you spent the past 30 years in intelligence work, black ops, and assassinations, employers tend not to bother checking references. Besides, the CIA had disavowed any knowledge of her. Only LaHaye Armaments had offered her a job. In fact, their recruiter had sought her out, somehow knowing many details of her former service and very much convinced that her skills and expertise were a perfect match for their assistant to the for their assistant to the vice president position. It's assistant to the vice president. Mm-hmm. Like the office? Yeah. Oh yeah, that's, yeah. Sorry, that's, it's been a while. That's, low, that's not good. That's low hanging. That's not. That's not that's good. Okay. That's not that's gut check okay. humor. Baby, don't beat yourself up. (laughs) Every once in a while, she asks Mr. Schofield how toppling governments and smuggling documents applies to her current post, where she mostly answers the phone and makes coffee. But he always answers with the same put-off. You'll see, Sylvia. You'll see. Sometimes she feels like she's back in the underground shopping mall beneath NORAD, wasting her life at Darren's direction. Sylvia, can you come in here, please? The voice comes from a little speaker on her desk, but also just as loudly from Schofield himself through his open office door. She grabs a pad of paper, swallows her pride, and heads in. This may be the only workplace left on Earth where secretaries still, quote, take a letter, and yet even she has to admit that it's kind of a baller thing for Schofield to do, like having a barber come and shave you in your desk chair. Yes, sir? I need you to, mm-hmm. sit, on the, I need you to sit in on the meeting with that little CIA, CIA twerp. And make sure I hit all these talking points. Okay. She perches on a chair and holds her pen at the ready. But first, and this is very important, if he asks about Ultrajest, anything about Ultrajest, I want you to call me from your cell. Have my direct line all queued up, ready to press send. He leans back in his leather chair and props his feet up on the desk. Even though he tips his pencil cup in the process, it comes off as a power move. Although Sylvia suspects they both know she should be the one with her feet on the desk. When it comes to the government, he says, there are some things they just don't need to know, and little peons like Darren Groves tend to forget just who owns who, or whom. Is it, is it whom? Hmm. Okay, man, <laughs> Alex says to himself, this is it. Let's do this. Strongbow, brah, strongbow. Woo! 
He wheels into traffic, deftly zipping around cars and popping impressively up onto the opposite curb. The wind whips by, rippling the thin material of his muscle shirt. Pausing a moment, he removes... (laughs) 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 Pausing a moment, (laughs) he removes the... (laughs) This isn't... I don't know if this is okay, Ted. (laughs) Dude, I don't know if it is either, just now, like... Are I don't we horrible know. He's, people for this? He's doing something. Do we need to like redact I mean, I just this read part it. of it? Yeah, if, he's doing if I'm bad, I, yeah. if I'm a bad guy, I apologize and just let me know. Pausing a minute, he removes. <laughs> it's not going to even be that funny after all this. I know. Pa- it's funny to us. Pausing a minute, he removes the socks from the <laughs> bottom of his legs, <laughs> revealing the stubs. This, Alex has uh, learned, is one of the few perks of his injury. He can get in anywhere. A little help, he asks the doorman, feebly. He hates sounding helpless, when, ironically, he's far more capable than he was before the accident, but this is his backstage pass. Uh, who are you here to see, sir? The doorman looks... (laughs) Who are you here to see, sir? The doorman looks down at him. (laughs) Ted, would you read this for me? Dude, yeah, this whole thing is, is difficult. A friend of mine on the 17th floor... Alex pulls out a little thing of Vaseline and starts rubbing it on what's left of his right shin. The doorman looks away. Yes, of course, the elevator's just ahead on the right. He holds the door open while Alex rolls on through. Up on the 17th floor, Alex double-checks the post-it note with Kate's address on it. Or rather, her addresses, 1707 and 1721. Why does she have two non-adjacent apartments on the same floor? He stares at 1707 as it's the first door to the right. The officially licensed Denver Values door knockers it's a giveaway. I don't know why that's so funny to me. Because you is. can see it. Because um, I could totally see it. He has to struggle to reach it and gives it a couple hard whacks. No answer. Rats. Alex spins down to the other apartment and bangs his fist against the door. From inside, he can hear quite a racket. Putting his ear to the door, he feels his stomach drop at the sound of shrieking and screaming. Like one imagines the innermost circle of hell. His chair slowly rolls backward away from the nightmare. Then, the door swings open and he finds himself locking eyes with a frantic, ghostly young woman. It takes him a moment to place her. Emma? Alex, oh gosh. Oh, thank gosh, help me. There are so many of them. Eight of them now. I just, I can't. She rushes up to him, wrapping her arms around his neck, climbing onto his (laughs) lap and pulling her legs up, as if she expects him to drive her away. She smells like Kate. And spit up. Spit up. up. Darren should be arriving any moment now, ten floors up. Sylvia sits in a bathroom stall, stalling. She chuckles through her tears at the mental pun, Mm. in the sort of way that makes her then cry even harder for some reason. She checks the stopwatch on her phone. 59 seconds. 60 seconds. With an act of sheer will, she clamps down the tears. Her face goes neutral. A few squares of toilet tissue wipe away any remnants of emotion. That's over now time to woman up she once punched putin in the solar plexus and stole a floppy disk from his suit coat she can deal with this darren encounter what you doing Ah! sylvia screams her eyes huge in disbelief this is only the third time she has shrieked in her life it takes a lot to make sylvia lose her cool the first time it was a torture workshop at langley involving an electrical prod and the desire and the underside of her fingernail The second time was a bullet tearing through her thigh, and even then she felt a little stupid for having lost control. A good calculated cry was one thing, let a little steam out the valve to keep your composure, but shrieking like some sort of damsel in distress? 
Then again, what else do you do when you've seen a ghost? Reggie? Who else, Reggie. babe? You be Reggie. <laughs> I, can't, I can't really do like full on Reggie voice. <laughs> who else? <laughs> I, I, I you, who else, babe? He leans against the door of the stall at eye level with Sylvia. You shouldn't be here, Reggie. What an old fashioned thing to say. No, not the ladies' room. You shouldn't <laughs> be here because you're dead. Oh, right. Reginald chuckles. Uh, I sure am, and I think we both know who's to blame. Remember the last time you hit out in the bathroom stall? You were orchestrating the end times. What are you doing now? <laughs> Sylvia rubs her eyes violently, expecting the apparition to disappear, but he's still leaning there, cockily, wearing that Denver Nuggets jersey, gold chains hanging down. <laughs> what, what do you want, Reggie? I'm here to exact revenge on my killer. It was an accident, she shouts. I was shooting at Van Shrimpy. That ricochet could have hit any one of us. Red Reggie shakes oh. his head. You're wrong. Van Shrimpy was in complete control. The bullet went where he wanted it to. He murdered me. Wait, really? Why you? I mean, you seemed kind of tangential <laughs> to the plot of the whole Reginald Harumphs. Look, are you going to help me or not? I'm dead, so I can't go after him directly. But you, you're highly trained. You know Van Shrimpy and his organization. You could bring him to his titanium knees. But How? Sylvia can't deny that the prospect of an actual mission is already bringing life back into her body for the first time since our day. There's someone still plotting against a good doctor. And if you offered your services, I bet you dollars to freaking donuts. He'd jump at the opportunity. <laughs> and that's, that's the end of chapter six, baby. It, how's your time? Are we... Uh, I, dude, we can, we can do the other one. Can we, I, I want to hear, hear Accidental Hipsters. This is one of my favorite chapters. Oh, thank you, baby. This is called uh, Accidental Hipster. It's Chapter 7, and uh, let's get into it. Father Vince is in a Park Slope diner. That's that's air quotes around diner. Eating, air quotes around eating. <laughs> a farm-to-table acorn with fennel with a watercress and peach toss on the side. <laughs> <laughs> he passed on the optional scraped kraut balls. <laughs> <laughs> the word diner is a bit misleading in that Vince's bill for himself will come to $66 and change, minus tip. <laughs> Still, the city is invigorating to him like no other place on Earth. And by on Earth, he means Denver, Grand Rapids, rural Nebraska, and Tampa, which is where his grandmother lives. These are the four places he's been. <laughs> <laughs> the diner, called Allergy, is unique. <laughs> Dude, this is some of my favorite stuff, too. The diner, called Allergy, is unique in that patrons, upon arrival are asked to fill out a short form indicating their various food allergies. Menus are then custom-crafted in light of this information. I actually think that could fly as a real restaurant, so <laughs> I'm going to trademark that. The rabbi pastor is renting him a 400-square-foot walk-up in Jamaica, Queens, which makes Father Vince feel especially alive. He loves walking over the drunk guys passed out in the hallway and loves trying to interpret the gang-related graffiti on the walls. If he stretches out his leg while sitting on the toilet, he can touch a wall on the opposite side of the apartment. This apartment building was built in the mid-1940s when a short-lived architectural movement called New Hallway was afoot, in which each individual unit was laid out like a hallway. For example, Vince has to walk 100 feet to get to his bedroom, but the entire unit is only four feet wide. <laughs> he has access to his refrigerator and the microbrews therein, only through a special portal on the top. 
Vince laughs at the irony of hating his Nebraska tiny house, but fully embracing this one. That's awesome. There's, there's enough room for his beard oil, flannel shirts, unread pretentious philosophy books, and red wing boots, provided he lays them down flat along the east wall of the apartment. <laughs> Vince sounds like he could be a sojourn pastor. <laughs> he's <laughs> he actually had, on sabbatical right he, now. He's on sabbatical. He has time to kill after his brunch at Allergy, and as he walks down the street surrounded by his people meaning people who have moved here because they're too cool and enlightened for whatever community they originally hailed from, he is confronted by a world-rocking thought. All of these women look like Carol Ann. Vince is mesmerized by scores of homespun-looking women, all wearing ironic Little House on the Prairie frocks and walking around barefooted. He stops one on the sidewalk. Can I ask what you're listening to, he asks. She beams at him with earnest, bright eyes and pops an earbud out of her ear. He's mesmerized by the movement of some bugs in her dreadlocks. <laughs> I'm listening to this hilarious old-timey gospel band from the Midwest called the Gaither Family, she says enthusiastically. But it's the kind of enthusiastic that is accompanied by an eye roll, which, when you're a hipster, is the only kind of enthusiastic you're allowed to be. <laughs> They're so earnest. She shows him the graphic on her iPhone screen. Bill Gaither's orange skin glows radioactively. <laughs> A little cursory conversation reveals that she makes ceramics, her boyfriend Cody has a handmade leather goods business, and her dad just bought Greece. Yeah, that Greece, Vince clarified. <laughs> Meaning the country. Um, Vince, oddly, has never been more attracted to Carol Ann, who was wearing the Little House frocks long before anyone in Park Slope, making her even more hipster without even knowing it. He misses her dirty feet and her hair, which is so dull and matted as to be nearly dreadlocked. <laughs> he dials her number excitedly as he walks from the subway platform to his building. Hey, baby, she says. She sounds tired. Must have been a rough day in the soybean field. How's New York? You wouldn't believe this city, he says excitedly, before next saying a bunch of stuff that she tunes out, but that includes the words diversity and gritty and energy and watercress and peach toss. <laughs> Has the rabbi pastor said what he wants, she asks. He had, in a post-coital moment of absolute honesty, <laughs> divulged the entirety of his conversation with Josh before telling his wife, I just want to be a part of something big. To which she asked semi-rhetorically, bigger than the recolonization of Nebraska? <laughs> then she fell asleep. In the morning, he was gone. He left a note handwritten with a quill on a moleskin journal page so thick that it actually just qualifies as a piece of wood. <laughs> She read the note and then crumbled it up and used it as kindling. <laughs> the fact is, the rabbi pastor has been rather coy. Aside from meeting for gluten-free microbrews at a place called the Bowery, in the Bowery, <laughs> he hasn't seen much of him. He's still waiting on the big reveal, the bit of news that will change the trajectory of his life together, forever. At the Bowery, they listened to a band called The Welcome Wagon, whose show consisted of them not playing but just standing on the stage with their instruments. <laughs> On Twitter, at Father Vince Writer, he described the show as, quote, mind-altering and life-changing. <laughs> How are you feeling, Carol Ann, he asks, sensing that things might be a little weird, given the fact that he consummated his marriage with her and then promptly left for New York City the following morning. Some people smoke a cigarette after sex. Father Vince heads for the Lincoln International Airport and feed store <laughs> to each his own. I'm okay, she says, pausing. My stomach hurts. As she says this, he's reminded of the fact that he's famished. The acorn with fennel didn't exactly stick to his ribs. Baby, can I put you on hold for a minute, he asks. I'm going to step across the hall and ask the neighbor if I can borrow an egg. 
he doesn't actually put her on hold. It's just a figure of speech. Rather, he just lets her hang there on the line. He wraps his knuckles on the door of apartment 3C. Sounds of chains rattling on the other side. Old-timey door lock chains. <laughs> the door opens and a familiar figure appears. Except that instead of a tasteful but cheap charcoal suit, the familiar figure is wearing a Denver Values hoodie and workout shorts <laughs> that barely cover his prominent titanium kneecaps. Oh. They eye each other warily. Vince drops the phone in shock. Van Shrimpy holds out his right hand. Tim Van Shrimpy, he says. But you can call me Dr. Van Shrimpy. <laughs> <laughs> he doesn't recognize Vince, given the mountain man beard he's cultivated over the last three years. Even though it's a cliche thing to feel and thereby isn't cool, Vince feels as though his heart is going to pound <laughs> right through his chest. Van Shrimpy raises his left hand, in which is a fresh egg. I heard you through the wall, he explains. It's free range. <laughs> Holy crap, that's so great. <laughs> oh, baby, I love our book. Oh, my gosh. Dude, I'm wondering how many groups of people could be offended by the satire. Yeah. Boy, I think I think a lot uh, today from today's work, you know. Um, I remember yeah. watching a panel with the rest of development creators and actors. Mm -hmm. And they were like, mm -hmm. a lot of what you do could be horribly, like offensive sure and why isn't it and they were like yeah the the key is you're with the person that that's doing the thing you know what i mean like yeah yeah like you're you're with uh alex you're yeah and it's he he knows it's funny that that he can get in anywhere he wants by rubbing yeah. gasoline on his legs or you're with mm -hmm. you know the I, I don't know i don't i don't know it's it's one of those things yeah. where we've had people and this is probably a discussion that's that's for another time when we have a lot of time for it. But there are there were people sure. who who have left us one star reviews on some of our satires, saying like this mm. is just mean. Mm -hmm. And then mm -hmm. we've said no, it's not. It's not meant to be mean. Mm -hmm. It's meant to be satire. It's meant to to be funny. It's meant for everyone to be able to laugh at it. We'll laugh at ourselves. Yeah. You laugh at yourself. That's how life is fun. And and right. yet, sometimes. I'll I'll read something where a group I'm part of is satirized, and I just get mad. Mm. I don't know if that ever happens to you. Yeah, no, no, it does, and uh, and I get that. I totally get it. It's um, yeah, it's weird, and I'm I'm gonna go ahead and say I think I think we're okay here. You know, I I, I really I do. choose and to I'm, believe that too. <laughs> I choose to believe it. I'm not I'm not really basing that on anything <laughs> empirical. I just it's just a feeling that I have. <laughs> I feel as though we're we're not out of line here with what we've done. <laughs> <laughs> does that make you feel it, better? Isn't that reassuring? It does. That's what I wanted you to say, and now you've said it. Yeah. So thank I've you. I've said it, and 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 you're welcome. And and you know now we both feel better. So this is a, a good thing. You know, and uh, I, I think I'm more reflective on these things, man. I'm I'm turning forty ne this mm -hmm. week. This week, right? Mm -hmm. Next week, a week from today. And uh, okay. Yeah, I don't know. Like when you're you're 21 and you're putting out like little satirical uh, tracts and, and uh, mm -hmm. you know, my, my roommate and I one time read a whole newspaper and uh, this liberal church in Grand Rapids called Fountain Street Church had this big forum decrying mm -hmm. promise keepers. And so we, yeah. we, we made a whole newspaper that was like, 
who who are these people who think they have freedom of assembly and what you know and, and it was it was kind of sloppy but it was it was satirical or it was at least very sure. sarcastic and, and parody and we went and we handed it out yeah. and I feel like that's something you can get away with more when you're you're like a young guy than when you're half done with life but maybe I'm just yeah. being overly retrospective and self- it could be man it could be and it, and it could just be the more young guys are like jerks you know um, so it's more <laughs> it's more expected from young guys and people people feel that you know by the time they reach our advanced ages that that like we should be past that or something but um, clearly we aren't <laughs> and you know, that's, what's more Ted I don't want to get past it I don't either. I, I always want to be funny. If you show time. me a gut checklist future or worse, a future in which gut check like puts out like little chat books earnest about things. earnest things. Yeah, I don't know that I can mm-hmm. walk headlong into that future. Yeah, I agree. I mean, there's there's a lot about that future that that gives me pause, Zach, as well. And um, yeah, I'm, I'm with you, man. I don't think I want any part of that that future. All right. Well, thank God we don't have to. Yeah, exactly. Boy, I don't, I don't want to live in we that We may be world, two men in you know? our 40s, but as long as the, the blood that courses through our veins is yet red and warm, we will continue to make mm. fun of everything uh, and insist that we maintain the moral high ground because... That's it. Because we, we do. do. <laughs> because we do. <laughs> because we do. Yes. Yeah. I mean, let's let's call it what it is. <laughs> we, we absolutely do. And uh, baby, I know that uh, that I've kept you. I've kept you long today. I've kept you over time. It was a so, pleasure, Ted. A um, real pleasure. It was a pleasure. But I, you know what? Hear this. I want to respect your time. Okay. Um, I want to respect your time and <laughs> and your boundaries. You know. <laughs> I want to respect your time and your boundaries in such a way that's that's going to cause me. I've given this a lot of thought, and. <laughs> What I the conclusion I've come to, Zach, is that I think I need to sign off the All program right. now. Okay, so if that's okay with you, if I have your permission, yeah, permission. to do that, um, okay, I'm going to go ahead and do that. So, um, Zach, we have um, I almost said we've wandered to and fro, but that's that's a thing I do on another show. Um, Man, th- this has been fun. This dude. has been, you know, it's hard. Um, <laughs> Baby, I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna suggest that we both take a little sabbatical from this show, um, even if even if only for a couple of hours this <laughs> afternoon. Um, and I'll I'll see you at work tomorrow. We'll we'll both be better friends for it. We'll be better. Work and then we can get to it. writing our little uh, blog post about re-entering the workforce after our afternoon of sabbatical. Dude, it's tough to re-enter the workforce. I'll be there though. I'll be there tomorrow morning in my khakis and my in my company embroidered golf shirt and. Um, <laughs> I'll, I'll be ready. I'll be ready to, you know, hit the, put the, put the nose to the old grindstone, if you know what I mean. So, baby, we will do all that, and we will also see you next time. Good.